Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. The title for today is Something to Remember. Something to remember, Joshua 23. We're coming to the close of Joshua. Once again, you have to go back and catch up with it. But he ends up with several challenges in chapters 23 and 24. Before we look at his first challenge today, I want to show a a short video clip, which you also will be able to see on podcast. It'll be on podcast. And it was done by our very own Blake Polson. Where's Blake? Where are you? There's Blake in the back there. And our very own, when he showed me this, I was like, we got to show this in church. It's perfect. Um, It's a school video he did for school. So I'll let, let it show and then I'll make the connection. And we see how God works because the land that they won in that war was already promised to them. It wasn't, they didn't take 
territory that was outside, that, that is inside the envelope that God has promised to Israel. In fact, they've been promised much more land that God has promised them. And God's going to use all different ways to, to establish Israel in their full inheritance. Now, uh, how many even remember the Six-Day War? Some of you, okay, some remember. Uh, but so many, it's quite a few of you, uh, we're aging, aren't we? But anyway, uh, we won't go there. The, uh, the most people, though, today in America don't remember it. Many of them don't even know about it. because Why? Because it's so easy to forget history. And this was just 1967. The battles we are studying in Joshua that we've been studying are over 3,000 years old. 3,000 years old. But Joshua, we're going to see here, he says that it's vital for Israel to remember those battles too, 3,000 years ago. It's very important for them to remember. And, it's, and, and just as it's vital for them to remember, it's also very important for us to remember these battles. As Christians, it's very important for us to remember them too because they are a picture of our spiritual battles. Remember, all this is all a picture. The whole story of Joshua is a physical picture of the spiritual battles that we have to fight. It's all a picture. In fact, Joshua is really a picture of Jesus. Same exact word. One's Hebrew, one's Greek. Same exact word. He's a type of Jesus. And his challenge to Israel is the same challenge for us today as Christians. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for reminders from 1967, but even from much longer ago, reminders of your hand and your power and your providence and your purpose. Lord, we know that every one of us is here for a reason. You have a purpose for our lives. We pray that you would speak to us through your Holy Spirit and through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm just going to read you the passage, first of all. Joshua 23. Joshua 23, we're going to read it where it says, After a long time had passed, and the Lord had given Israel rest from all their enemies around them, Joshua, by then old and well advanced in years, summoned all Israel, their elders, leaders, judges, and officials, and said to them, I am old and well advanced in years. You yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. Remember how I have allotted an inheritance for your tribes, all the land of the nations that remain, the nations I conquered between the Jordan and the great sea in the west, the Lord your God himself will drive them out of your way. He will push them out before you and you will take possession of their land as the Lord your God promised you. Be very strong. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. Do not associate with those nations that remain among you. Do not evoke, invoke the names of their gods or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow down to them, but you are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have until now. The Lord has driven out before you great and powerful nations. To this day, no one has been able to withstand you. One of you routes a thousand because the Lord your God fights for you just as he promised. So be very careful to love the Lord your God. But if you turn away and ally, ally yourself with the survivors of these nations that remain among you, and if you intermarry with them and associate with them, then you may be sure that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you. Instead, they will become snares and traps for you, whips on your backs and thorns in your eyes, and you until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. Now I'm about to go the way of all the earth. 
You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled, not one has failed. But just as every good promise of the Lord your God has come true, so the Lord will bring on you all the evil he has threatened until he has destroyed you from the good land he has given you. If you violate the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and go and serve other gods and bow down to them, the Lord's anger will burn against you and you will quickly perish from the good land he has given you. So, we see that Joshua has been battling for over 20 years. We've been going through this in the book of Joshua. We've been in this book about 20 years, haven't we? But anyway, we won't go there. But uh, two, three years. All right, so, uh, but now he's really old. Verse 2, he says he's really old. Verse 14, I'm ready to go the way of all the earth. He's ready to pass away. He's ready to, to die. So he gives a farewell address, but it's also a warning. It's not just a farewell, but it's a warning. He says, finish the job of driving out all the people because they defeated the nations but there's still pockets of resistance they still had some people they had to deal with uh, he said you got to finish the drive, drive drive out all the enemies here drive them all out because they had gotten lax they'd gotten lax about finishing the job and this is a warning for us once again this is a physical picture of our spiritual battles the Canaanites represent sin in our life it's all a picture and it's a warning for us because not just as they got in lax we can also relax sometimes spiritually can't we but there is no time to relax when it comes to sanctification sanctification not just salvation when we put our faith in Jesus Christ and we give our life to him but but after that that's just the start of the real battle because it's sanctification becoming like Jesus defeating the enemies in our life both within and without the spiritual enemies that we have to fight especially sin Canaanites are a picture of sin so it's very important that we don't that we don't relax when it comes to sanctification and we find some keys here with what we just read we find some keys to not relax but to keep moving forward spiritually Spiritually, some things to remember. Some things to remember. Did you ever forget something important? Did you ever forget something or maybe even made a habit of forgetting? I, I, I was kind of like that growing up. Uh, I used to make my dad crazy. Used to make him crazy on the farm because he, he would like give me a job and I would just not quite get it all. And he, I remember him saying, Chuck, look at me. Because we would, you know, we'd lunchtime, we'd come in for lunchtime and we loved to watch the Maverick Brothers. Anybody love the Maverick? Love the Maverick. Brett and Bart, you know, we love the Maverick Brothers. And we'd be watching TV, eating our lunch. We had that one hour window and he would start to tell us what we're going to come out to do after lunch. And, and he'd head out and then, and then we'd shake our head. Yeah, yeah, I'd be shaking my head, but I didn't hear a thing because I'm watching the Maverick Brothers, right? And I remember I'd say, stop, look at me. Look at me. You ever do that to your kids? Look at me. Now listen. Repeat after me. I remember it very, very vividly. It didn't help. It didn't work. Uh, and I, 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 would, I just would forget. When you're, I would be out raking hay. If you ever drove a tractor and you rake the hay, it's turning the hay over behind you. You're supposed to look at the row and look behind you the whole way. But I would forget about what was behind me. I'd just be looking forward and daydreaming and la-la land. And I remember one time, I got to the end of the field, the row, and I went to turn, and it was turned funny. I looked back. And it had clogged up the head, clogged up the rake. And it was jam-packed into this rake. I mean, really jammed in. And it was the whole row of hay, completely. So I'm, I was trying to kick all the hay out and fight it out. And then I went down the whole row about a quarter of a mile, spraying the hay into a row because I didn't want my dad to know. Right? But it, he still saw it. Uh, I would forget. He, he, I remember one time, he, it was lunchtime. He says, okay, now I'm going out to the field. This field, I want you to bring the wagon out to this field. I said, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. And so Mavericks was over and Brett and Bart were done with their shenanigans. And I got on the tractor. I was like, 
what field was that? And you might say, well, it's just a farm. No, uh, a couple hundred acres. There's a lot of fields, and there's, you can't see it. There's a lot of hedgerows. And I remember driving around looking for my dad. He's like, are you waiting for me, waiting for me? You know, you know that Chucky, you know. So, uh, and, another, and then another time, even worse, he told me where to come. And I remembered. I got it this time. I knew where to go. Bring the wagon down. I got it. I got it. And so uh, he goes off to bale the load of hay, and he, I'm supposed to bring the next wagon out so he could bale it. And I remember driving, and I crossed the bridge on the creek, and I start heading across this big field. And I see my dad in the distance, and, and I see him do this. I'm like, I just saw him 10 minutes ago, you know, half an hour. Was he? Oh, hi, Dad. Okay, you know. And then, 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 he's, then I saw him doing this, you know, two hands. I'm like, oh, hi, Dad. Hi, Dad. I'm driving out, driving out. Then I see him stop the tractor. He's standing up doing this, you know. And I'm like, I'm not standing up. I'm driving the tractor. So I, you know, I stood up, and I waved a little bit. I kept driving. I got there. He's like, you forgot the wagon. Why? Because it wasn't important to me. Brett and Bart Maverick were important, right? It wasn't important to me. I wasn't really listening. But it wasn't important to my dad. It was very important to my dad. It wasn't important to me. Teenagers, right? It was important to my dad. Very, very important. Uh, our Father, God, has given us some ver- three very important things to remember here in Joshua 23. And I want you to listen. <laughs> Not like I listen, but I want you to really listen. Really listen. The first one is to remember God's blessing. When we're facing a a, a spiritual battle, anybody here facing a spiritual battle? Don't have to raise your hands. Anybody facing a struggle, a trial? When we're facing that, it's very important to remember God's past blessings. In fact, look at this, verses 3 and 4, where he says, Joshua says, Jesus, you yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. Remember how I have allotted as an inheritance for your tribes all the land of the nations that remain, the nations I conquered between the Jordan and the great sea in the west the Lord your God himself will drive them out of your way he will push them out before you and you will take possession of the land as the Lord your God promised you so we we see that remembering I read verse 5 too there uh, remember God's blessing remember God's blessing that's important when we're facing a new battle a spiritual battle even an old one again when we're facing it's important to remember God's past blessings it's so easy when we're facing today's problems to forget yesterday's blessings. Isn't that true? It's so easy when we're facing today's problems to forget yesterday's blessings, the way that God has blessed us. Some people in some churches, no one here, but some people in some churches, when they get hit with a trial, they panic. That's why I say nobody here. But other churches, you might know someone like that, they get hit with a trial and they panic. Or there's a pity party. Why me? Why is it always me? You know, uh, nobody here. I know nobody would do that here. Uh, dep- we get depression. We crash spiritually. And, and it's because we, we forget yesterday's blessings. It's vital in a trial to focus on God's blessings. Very, very important. All the ways he has helped us in the past. Because what does that do? It strengthens our faith. It reminds us of what he has already done. Even when we're fighting spiritual battles, it's so easy when we're fighting a spiritual battle to forget how far God has brought us. You know, we get hit with that that temptation again. And a lot of times we get hit with that temptation again. That same old temptation pops up again. 
It's almost like ground, that groundhog game. If you've ever been to the arcade, you know, that you have that little bopping thing and the, the groundhog's heads pop up and you hit it and then another one pops up and you hit it. And it doesn't matter how many times you hit it, you've got to keep on hitting them, right? And another one pops up. And that's so many times, isn't that our spiritual life with, with a struggle in our life? What is this? I already hit that 85 times. Why is it popping its head up again? But, but it's important to remember what God has already accomplished, even when we're fighting those bopping, those, those, those attacks that we face, it's important to remember, look how far God has brought us. This thing that I'm having to hit again for the hundredth time, yeah, that used to dominate my life. That used to be my identity, even. That used to dominate my life. I used to struggle with that so much. And now I'm able to, to hit it a lot more often. I don't miss so many of those little, you know, little gopher things, Right? Uh, or, or, and I, I hit them a lot earlier than I used to. I hit that a lot earlier. I, it, doesn't, it doesn't define me. It doesn't dominate me anymore. It's very important to remember what God has done in our struggles and our battles. And also, remembering God's blessings and our spiritual history energizes our faith. It energizes our faith to fight the new battle we're facing. That's why Joshua reminds them. That's why Jesus reminds us continually through his Holy Spirit of what he's done and, and, and how far we've come. It energizes our faith. So Joshua starts by remembering what God has done for them. And then he reminds them of what God has said to them. That's the next thing. He reminds them of God's promises. Not just what he has done, but what he has said. He reminds them of the promises in verse 5. 23, 5, the promises. The Lord your God himself will drive them all out of your way he will push them out before you and you will take possession of their land as the Lord your God promised you he reminds them of the promises that's the second thing to remember not just the blessings but remembering God's promises very very important just because just as remembering God's blessings energizes our faith remembering his promises gives us hope gives us hope in what we're going through it's, it's vital to know his promises. That's what keeps us going in the battles that we're facing. Look what he's, he promises to Joshua already made. I will never leave you nor forsake you. All the promises that we've camped out on throughout the book of Joshua. That's what, that's what keeps us going. That's what gives us hope in the battles that we're facing. Use this before. I talked to you about, because uh, it's a great example, of a mouse. If you take a little mouse and you put it in a bucket of water... And you say, go ahead and swim. It'll swim for about two minutes. Don't do this at home. It'll swim for about two minutes, and then it'll sink under and drown. But just as that little mouse sinks under the water, if you grab it by the tail and pull it out, shake it off, drop it back in, guess how long it'll swim? Fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes. Why? You've given it hope. You've given that little mouse hope. And that's what God does with us. He, his promises are meant to give us hope. God promises us to give us hope to keep us treading water. And that's a lot of life, isn't it? It's just treading water. It's just being faithful. It's keeping going. God promises to deliver us. He promises either here, there, or in the air. But he promises to deliver us. 
whether it's on earth, whether it's in heaven, whether he takes us up someday, he, he promises to deliver us. And God's word is full of promises. They're everywhere in the scripture. They're full of promises. They're there for the claiming. Sometimes you read these stories of someone, they're, they're out, you know, especially out west, they're out looking and, and, and they, they come across this gem or this expensive stone or even on their property they're digging and they found a nice fossil. Anyway, you know, uh, you know, they find something like that. Uh, or a tombstone. Uh, so you know what I, all my archaeology. But anyway, they, they find something valuable. And that's, that's, the, that's a picture. We have these promises out there, but we have to dig, dig into God's word. We have to dig into it deep. We have to memorize it. We have to meditate on it. And then we have to daily claim it. It's mine. That's mine. That, that's for me. We have to claim it daily. And it's not just one time, okay, I did that, now I can move on. No, every day, every day, you get hit again, you're going to have to claim that promise again. You're going to have to pray through. We're going to have to, to, to get our faith energized again because every day we're going to be anxious. Every day we're going to get hit with new battles. Every day we're going to hit with temptations. Every day we're going to have new attacks in our life. Right? And every day we've got to claim those promises. We've got to pray through those promises promises. Very, very important. But God, now this is important. God's promises, though, aren't just simple superstitions. They aren't just these, these good luck charms that we use. They're not just like we make the sign of the cross before we shoot our free throws. You know, you see the guys on TV, you know, and, and they, they make the sign of the cross before they shoot the free throw or something. It's, that's not, it's not just that, that superstition. Joshua sets out conditions for claiming these promises. Some very important conditions. The first one, verse 6. Be very strong, be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. Obedience, obedience to God's word is the first important part if we want to claim these promises. And all of it, all of it, it's not a buffet, you know, the Americans say, everything's a buffet. I like this, I don't like that, I accept this, I don't accept that. No, 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 there's no Swiss cheese Bibles, right, you know, we're not Thomas Jefferson here. You got to, it's all of it. It's all of it. And, and, and it doesn't mean that we don't struggle. We all struggle. God understands that. It doesn't mean that we don't slip and fall. And I'm not talking about, but, but we keep turning to God and ask for his mercy and grace and keep moving forward, keep crawling forward, right? And that's very important. Uh, Israel had to be obedient to God's word in order to defeat their enemies. And the same with us. Before we can defeat our spiritual enemies, we have to be committed to, the, to, to obedience. Not saying we don't struggle, but we have to be committed to that. Surrendered. Very, very important. The second thing is if we want to claim God's promise, is verse 7. Verse 7 where he says, Do not associate with those nations that remain among you. Do not invoke the names of their gods or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow down to them. We have to be separated. Separate. Just as they had to be separated from the nations around them, we have to be separate from the world. There has to be a, a separation from the world. The church in the United States, study after study, shows that American Christians are no different than non-Christians. We are just like the world. Study after study. And it's the main problem is we don't have a biblical worldview. Instead of everything going through God's word, everything has to go through God's word in order to have a biblical worldview. We let it go through feelings or through the multimedia, the media that we're surrounded by or, or our friends or the culture. It goes through that screen instead. And as a result, we don't have a biblical worldview and we're not going to be different. We're not going to know the truth or live the truth because we're not different from the world. 
And it's so easy to be poisoned by the world, isn't it? Look at the pressures we're in under as, a, as, a, as a, a country here, as Christians in this country. It's so easy to be poisoned. It reminds me of uh, something I saw a lot on the farm. There was a, there's a, a fly called a bot fly. They have like a red head. They're actually everywhere, but you, most of the time they don't land on people. But you'll be watching flies closely after this story. Uh, the, they, they have the red head, and they, what they do is on the farm, they would land on the cow... And then they would drop a little tiny larva, tiny, tiny. You can't see it with the naked eye. You almost need a magnifying glass to see it. They drop this little larva egg onto the cow, and it crawls and penetrates through. It just crawls through the skin of the cow, through the hide of the cow, through the skin. can do the same thing with our skin. <laughs> so uh, it, it crawls through, and when it gets underneath, it explodes out of your chest. Oh, that's a, that's a movie, alien movie. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> No, it gets inside and it, and it starts to grow into a little grub, a little ball, a little grub. And, we, and all of a sudden you see on these cows, you see a cow, you see a little tiny bump forming. Then it gets a little bigger and a little bigger. And next, pretty soon it's a really a big bump. And then there's a little opening in the top. And then you know it's time. Because these, it's full, grown to a full grub. And what it wants to do is pop out, drop down, and turn into a bot fly, and then do it all over again, right? So we would always be watching for them. We hated these things. We called them the grubs. And we'd, we see it starting to come up, and you had to wait till they started to open. You couldn't do it too early, because if you did it too early, you would just mush it inside, and that wasn't good for the cow. So you had to wait, and we'd get, just like popping a, that's it, you know? We just get our, we get our fingers underneath, and we start to push and push and push and pop, shooting out. We just pop right out this little, gross grub thing about a little ball thing come flying out land on the floor then we'd step on it it would pop again you know pop it you know we love killing those things but they were in the cows they're everywhere in the cows we had to constantly be popping them out popping them out that's a picture of what the world does to us we have this happens to us spiritually to all of us we're watching tv even something that's good and some wacko commercial comes on, right? There comes that, that bot fly larva. You know, here it comes. Just dropped it in my brain. Or, or if we let it go too deep, it crawls down to the heart. And it starts to affect our actions and our thought and our attitude. We're, we're, we're you know, the TV, it's a movie, it's our friends, it's on the radio, it's the music we listen to. It doesn't bother me. I can listen to stuff. I just like the tune. <laughs> right? The words, you know, it, it's, it's constant. Constant. It's in our schools and our colleges. We hear this garbage all the time. It, it's, it, this happens to us spiritually. That's why it's so vital what 2 Corinthians 10.5 says. In 2 Corinthians 10.5, a great, great verse, where the Apostle Paul says, We demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ Jesus. We demolish these strongholds. Talking about strongholds that are, that are in our minds. We got to demolish them. We demolish them. And when you, do, you pop that thing out, the cows kick, they swat, they jump, they don't like it. It's, it's painful to deal with our strongholds, isn't it? But they got to be dealt with. They've got to be dealt with. And, and not only that, it's even better to kill them on contact. As soon as that bot fly lands, so you, you can. If it lands on a human, I saw it on a TV one time, they take a little alcohol and rub it on it and it kills it. It's very important to wipe that out before it can penetrate. That's the time to do it. And that's why he says here, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ Jesus. That's where you've got to deal with it. 
It's the thought before it sinks in, before it becomes a stronghold. It's even better to hit the thought. And, and that's really when we're having spiritual victory, right? It's when the first thought hits and we hit it. And we, we, we take it captive to Jesus Christ. We make it obedient to Jesus. When we are there, that's when we're living in spiritual victory. Very important. The third thing, not just obedience to the world, not just separation from the world, but it also, in verses 8 to 11, it talks about we have to stay in close connection with God. Very, very important. In close connection. We call it communion with Jesus now, right? In verses 8, uh, yeah, eight, verse 8 here, it says this, But you are to hold fast to the Lord your God, as you have until now. The Lord has driven out before you great and powerful nations to this day. No one has been able to withstand you. One of you routes a thousand, because the Lord your God fights for you just as he promised. So be very careful to love the Lord your God. That close communion, that close connection with Jesus Christ is vital for claiming these promises and realizing these promises. And it's very important important to remember God's blessings. It's important to remember his promises. But Joshua says one more thing it's important to remember. It's also important to remember God's warnings. God's warnings. Verses, verse 12 here, it says this. But if you turn away and ally yourself with the survivors of these nations that remain among you, and if you are intermarry with them and associate with them, then you may be sure that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you. Instead, they will become snares and traps for you, whips on your backs and thorns in your eyes, until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. We all can relate to that, can't we? <laughs> Those addictive sins that just haunt us and, and, and cause so much trouble with us. He then goes on to say, now I'm about to go the way of the earth. You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. But just as every good promise of the Lord your God has come true, so the Lord will bring on you all the evil he has threatened until he has destroyed you from among this good land he has given you. If you violate the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and go and serve other gods and bow down to them, the Lord's anger will burn against you, and you will quickly perish from the good land he has given you. Joshua warns the nation what will happen to them if they turn away from God. And that's exactly what Israel did many times, and they suffered the consequences. We miss out on God's blessings and promises. And instead, we face God's discipline and even judgment if we turn away from God, if we backslide as Christians. We see, we see this happening in our own country, don't we? This is the same principle as for every country in, in the world uh, throughout all of history. We see this happening to our country, that God and his word has been rejected. And we as Christians are seen as rejects, Right? And if we're not then, we're not, then something's not right. We're seen as rejects. We are seeing the brutal effects of this moral freefall. Just as Joshua went out, Joshua, judge, judges just went into the book of Judges and all the horrible things that happened because they turned away from God. We are now living in the time of the judges in America. Read the book. It's also right, reading the morning paper. It's just like... You know, uh, I'm, I mean, on the phone. Nobody reads it anyway. But on the phone, reading our phone, you know? It's just like reading that. It, it's, it, that's, the, that's what we're seeing, the effect of that. And you, in fact, you, we have to be spiritually blind not to see it. We, as a country, are on a cliff's edge, and we're facing a decision. It's either revival or judgment. 
Revival or judgment. We're seeing this in the United States church today, aren't we? The church in the U.S. has become not separate. It's become very worldly and a compromise. Churches and denominations that were once on fire for God are now apostate. They're hemorrhaging. They're disappearing. They are not faithful to God's word. And and God disciplines those churches and denominations. And, And ultimately, if they don't turn back, he judges them. We're seeing... We're seeing it in our very eyes in America, all over the place. The same warning is for us as individuals, too. When we backslide spiritually, remember that's an old-fashioned term, but it still is good. When we fall back, when we we slide backward, we don't jump backward. It's a slow, backsliding process. When we do that, there are consequences, which God is talking about here. How about us? Are we living in obedience to God's word, each one of us? Are we living in obedience to God's word? Is there some area in our life that we have to surrender to God? Are we separate from the world, or have we allowed the world to creep in? We have little bumps all over us, right? Spiritual bumps, or worse. Are we living living in close communion with God through his son Jesus Christ just as he talks about that closest a love relationship we're in that same that's what communion next week will be celebrating communion that's what communion is all about reminder that stay in that close loving relationship with God through his son Jesus Christ are we living by God's promises are we living by his promises do you have you found them have you dug have you claimed them as your own are we living by his promises are you are we experiencing daily hope as we go through our battles, as we go through our struggles, are we experiencing hope? Yeah, I'm in this struggle, but I have hope because I have God's promise, and I'm going to keep on treading water. I'm going to keep on swimming uh, until he rescues me, either here, there, or in the air. Where, how are he going to rescue me when he rescues me? Are we living by faith? Is our faith being energized? Are we living by faith, being energized by remembering God's blessing? Maybe you're facing a challenge today. Well, if you're breathing, you are facing a challenge, right? If we're breathing, we're facing trials and struggles. And, and maybe you're going through a trial. And, and are we remembering God's blessings? Are we remembering that? That helps us not to fall into that bad cycle of the pity party and, 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 and go down the, down the tube spiritually. Are we remembering that? Because it's, it's a daily decision. Every one of us has a daily decision to make. Am I going to focus on the problem, this daily problem, this new problem I have, today's problem? Or am I going to focus on yesterday's blessings? If you were to count them up, today's problem or problems versus yesterday's blessings, do the math. (laughs) What's one million to three, right? But we still freak out because we have to shift our focus from this problem to God's faithfulness. To his faithfulness that he always brings me through by his grace. As I was finishing this up yesterday, I, was, I remember the story, and I dug it out of the, the, the archives. Uh, I went on the internet and searched it out. It, it was a story that reminded me of what I was, was saying here. There was a... 1988, there was a, a horrible earthquake in Armenia. Very, very big. In fact, about 30,000 people died. Do you remember that really, really bad, horrible earthquake? About 30,000 people died. And there was one small town uh, uh, which was hit really hard. And uh, I remember reading in the news, there was a story of this dad who, who uh, he survived and his wife survived, but then he went, his son was in a school. Some of you remember that story? It was really big in the news. And he went, he went running to the school, and he gets to the school, and the school was flat. 
flattened, destroyed. No one could have survived that. But he's, he remembered he had made a promise to his son. He said, if I'm alive, I will do anything I can to help you. I will always be there for you if I'm alive. And so he goes running up to this school and he starts to dig. Everybody says, just stop. What are you, leave, the, leave the bodies there. There's no point. He says, no, I'm going to dig. And he, kept, he starts digging. Nobody helped this guy. It's a wild story. Nobody helped the guy. He starts digging and digging, and, and they, the only way they helped him was to tell him to stop. They kept saying, discouraging him, don't stop. Eight hours, give up, give up. Twelve hours, 24 hours by himself. Thirty-six hours. Then the 38th hour, he heard a voice. Couldn't see anybody. It's kind of like that World Trade Center movie. Remember, that, if you've seen that, where they're they looking down that vast hole and all the dust and everything, and those guys were trapped, and there's a wild movie. And, and, he, and he yells in, he goes, Armand, Armand! I'm here, Dad. There was a whole group of children, 13 other terrified children. Then everybody pitched in and started helping. They dug him out, and he said, I told the other kids, if you were alive, you wouldn't quit till you got us. And that's what gave us hope. Our Father is alive. He's the living God. And it doesn't matter what kind of crash you've had, what kind of mess you've made, no matter what has happened in your life, no matter how bad it is, God is there. God is going to bring something good out of that mess. He's going to rescue us here, there, or in the air. It, he's, it, I don't know what God's plan is. It may be in heaven. It may be here. It may be in the air. He's, gonna, he's going to deliver us. He's going to be there. And he will bring us through every time. That's a promise that we have here in the book of Joshua. Remembering God's blessings and his promises is what gives us hope. What are we focusing on this morning? Are we focusing on the rubble of our life? Or are we focusing on our Father? who's digging, digging through that rubble and making something good out of the mess we've made. John 16, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. What are we focusing on this morning? Do you have that hope yet? Maybe you're here today and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ. Do you have that hope? You can have that right now by putting your faith in Jesus. He came and died on a cross for our sin. 
Because all the mess that we've made, he died on that cross in our place. He took our sin and, and God's justice and wrath on himself. The Son of God did that. And if we will just put our faith in him and surrender our life to him, we can have that hope today and for eternity. John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Let's pray. Do you have that hope? Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Do you have the hope that no matter what you're facing, God is your Father, and you have his love through Jesus Christ? You can have that right now. A simple prayer of faith, a prayer of surrender. God, I want you to be my father. I want to have that love relationship with you. I don't want the sin, I don't want the garbage, I don't want the shame, I don't want to ruin life anymore. I turn away from that old life. I ask you to forgive me through your son, Jesus. I put my faith, my trust, my hope in Jesus. give my life to him. If you have put your faith in Jesus today, your life will never be the same. In every battle, in every struggle, in every blessing, you will always be able to reach out your hand to a loving father our Father God, through Jesus. And he will change your ways and you, in way, he will change your life in ways you never thought possible. If you've taken that step of faith today, I want to encourage you to let somebody know. Maybe you have a friend or family member here. Maybe you tell me on the way out, fill out the card, send me a text call. Just let somebody know. Because we're going to be so excited and encourage you in your new life in Jesus Christ. For the rest of us, what we've already put our faith in Christ, but what maybe we've been reminded of something today. What is the Holy Spirit calling us to remember as we drive home, to remember tomorrow morning, as we continue to face life's battles to remember this week this year what blessing what promise what warning 
As always, we have a prayer team up here to pray during the singing, afterwards, all through lunch, whatever you need them, they're here always. Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would complete your word in our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name.